the people that are lobbying for this label, they have got the emotional argument down pat. Like you can't argue with that. You put a horrible, like a horrible images of, you know, just b- putting babies in anything. You're going to get that. And then we've gone from the alcohol side of things with the financial argument. You just, you're never going to win that. Sorry. You, uh, nobody cares how much it's going to cost you if you've seen a picture of a baby. Like, to, <laughs> we've just come at it the completely the wrong way, I think. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this Radio Brews News, and in particular, Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. And Claire Burnett. G'day, Claire. Hey, Pete. And g'day, wait a minute. No, no, Jim, no, 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 Jimmy this morning, no, no, he's, is, is Jimmy gone, is Jimmy gone camping with a mate who's been overseas for two years and got a pregnant wife and is out of work, or, <laughs> well, it, no, is it something, he's not even out of work anymore, he's, he's, yeah, he's got a job, he's, everyone, yes, after four months of uh, being gainfully unemployed and Loving running, life. And uh, yes, he's, uh, I think, the hospitality manager down at Felons in Brisbane. So he just started this week. And, uh, yeah, congrats, I s- Jimmy. Saw him yesterday looking, you know, very much uh, settled in. So as I had, uh, I've got a couple of mates starting there today as well. Obviously, bar staff, not like managerial staff. Um, so I'm going to tell Jimmy to give him hell. You, you, are you going to tell them that you know people? Yeah, obviously. So. And, and, and and the other thing is Jimmy's got his 100-mile run, um, his ridiculous 100-mile oh run. Oh, my God. When he said it, I was like, are you taking Actually, the mic? he's probably listening to this because he's going to be listening to a lot of podcasts yeah. as we uh, a, 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 as he does. And we're talking smack about him. Yeah, so we should yeah, Sorry, go, Jimmy. Jimmy. We love you. Love, love you, Jimmy. <laughs> Power on, brother. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> Great film. Anyway. Where will 100 miles take him? Uh, the Brisbane if he Valley. Ran, if he ran in a straight line, the the Brisbane Valley Rail Trial. If he ran in a straight line, I don't oh know. okay. Mm. So there's 150 kilometres, you know, out through from Ipswich out. It's an old train line, and so they've still you can still see where the train oh, okay. was, but the train no longer runs. So they've taken the Jimmy rails does. away, and you run where <laughs> the rails used to be. Is that yeah. the... pretty much? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so so it's not Jimmy brings; it's Jimmy runs. Got it. And is he doing it on his own, or is this a? It's no, it's an organised. Like a team thing. Yeah, well, it's an organised thing. So oh, yeah. yeah. Now, just quickly before we get into the news, uh, AIBAs. Uh, so, thirty first of July, need to get the entries in, and I did notice too. I'll just go through that one. So, uh, the Australian International Beer Awards celebrates and recognises the best commercial brewers from across the globe, and presumably the best commercial beers from across across the globe as well. Uh, as the world's largest annual beer competition, judging both draft and packaged beer, the AIBA offers an unparalleled opportunity to benchmark your beer against industry standards. To enter or for more information, head to rasv.com.au forward slash beer today. And just on the back of that, Matt, uh, did you notice that the Indies is rejigging, recalibrating? And um, in the interest of safety, the assurance and, as- and assurance that the awards will go ahead, we've made some changes for 2020. The main difference is that judging will be done at smaller locations around the country rather than one central location. Because of this, judges will be selected by the IBA Technical Committee instead of the usual application process. And the most important thing, um, this change gives flexibility to judges to judge in smaller groups without the need for excessive travel. Unfortunately, it means we won't be able to judge keg or draft beer. And there's already been a bit of commentary uh, you know, around that, that it's... Uh yeah, I, I guess if you think of the 
number of you know the the membership of the IBA. It tends to be the smaller breweries. That a lot of them pretty much only put beer primarily in kegs, or they do very very small canning runs um, using uh, mobile equipment, which might make um, you know, sending beer around the country a little bit problematic. Also, though, it does align us with the World Beer Cup, which is never had draft. That's true. Yeah, no, no that, that's it's very true. Packaged only, and, and they, they will accept, you know, PET bottles or, um, you know, cannibals or whatever it might be. Mm. Again, which is not, you know, ideal packaging um, conditions. Yeah. Um, for example, so yeah. Um, but but like again like it's it's a new normal so that, that's not none of that is said in any way criticism it's just a, a an observation I have seen some commentary um, from from brewers yeah I think the risk of that or the the annoyance of that would be or the unidealness of that would be mitigated by the fact that the tyranny of distance is taken out of it you don't need to send your if you're you know brewing in Perth you can presumably drive your beers to the judging location rather than having to. Um, send it across the country. Very true, and you just but, hope that the uh, back um, back of house is being as well run as it is whenever you're involved, Pete. That things well, run yeah, smoothly, well, things yes. are looked after, judging is done efficiently and quickly. <laughs> and presumably, yeah, the crew can't be in uh, you know six, seven states at once, locations at once. So, um, not sure how that'll work. Um, uh, let's stay tuned for more details, and hopefully, the IBA will come out with some. Um, Meet around those bones shortly, but it does. Uh, I mean, it, it does very much highlight, you know, the, the the challenges of beer in the time of COVID, um, which would make a great novel. Um, beer in the time one day. of COVID. Um, but yeah, like, it, mm. and I, I, I mean, I haven't spoken to to the IBA, but I'd imagine that with what we're seeing going on in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, and and the the, the concern that it could go through till Christmas, that you know, there's even a potential that the IBA, uh, you know, the Brucon. May. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so it may be penciled in rather than mm. inked in and double underlined. Yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I don't want to. Victoria can't come up. Well, I know we that. Don't know. That's, it, that's end of no, end of November, mm. isn't it? November. That's been pushed back to. Yeah. Or is it end of November or twelfth? Oh wait. Uh, double check my numbers, oh. but November, I thought, yeah. around about the twelfth. Yeah. November. November. I mean, look, right. things are changing daily here, so yeah. let alone weekly, well, and it. let alone nobody's thinking about September or. Or November at yeah, this point, unless you're running an event, and then you'll be looking. That, yeah. that, that's the thing. That, that's I guess too uh, closely. Probably that's the point I was making. Is that you know you just don't know. I actually heard a um, just on that heard a very interesting uh, podcast with uh, Bob Peace from the American Brewers Association. Um, it was the um, Beer Edge podcast, mm-hmm. sort of talking about a whole wide range of things, including you know they made a very early call on uh, the. Um, Brewers Conference, the, the Craft Brewers Conference there, and uh, you know, it's had a huge impact on their revenues for, for the year. I think they're a $30 million a year operating yeah. budget down to about $10 million because their, their events are such a big part of what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine too, though, that uh, a lot of their expense would be in running the events as well. So whilst your incomings are down, presumably your outgoings are as well. I guess it depends about like staff because surely the staff that organise it, they'd keep on most of the year round anyway. That would be the costs because they do have Saver and you know they, they mm. do have a, a regular program of events. But when you see people like Julie Hertz, who is the face of you know outside of some of the mm. key um, brewers, Julie Hertz is one of the faces that outsiders see. Yeah, scary times. Yeah, guys. very sad to say. And and look, just on a personal note, I, 2012, I think was the first time I went 
well, it's the first time I left the country, and it was um, I went to the Aussie beer tongue, uh, beef tongue masters in Lexington, North Carolina, the barbecue I competition, well. and then on the way back spent a week in San Diego because it happened to be World Beer Cup and CBC, and applied for um, you know through Brews News for um, media accreditation, and I think yeah the first email I received was from Julia Hertz and um, and have and received them you know regularly since then, so it was a little bit of a shame to sort of see that. Um, you know, she's, a, I guess, a casualty of the, the whole situation. It was interesting because he, he made a point of saying that they didn't want to say they were furloughed because didn't want to, you know, just temporary put off, temporarily put off, but they're obviously hoping that, you know, they, they're going to be back once the, the current situation moves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, now there's a little bit of news to get into and um, I guess one that we've been following Quite closely for a couple of weeks now, and we've One had a have a result on discussions. Industry disappointed by pregnancy label decision. After more than two years of discussion, food forum ministers have decided that pregnancy warning labels with prescribed colour schemes will be mandated. Despite lobbying from the alcohol industry, six members of the forum on Friday voted for the mandating of a red, black, and white colour scheme on the warning labels, which was recommended by FSANS. Four ministers voted for a contrast scheme, which had previously been recommended by the Australian government. Um, so yeah, it's happened. Yes. And yes, lots of interesting discussion around this. Mm -hmm. And it does drive me mad because, I mean, what sort of struck me about this was obviously the Alcohol Beverages Australia uh, people, they were like, initially, no, we don't want anything mandated. We're already doing a voluntary scheme. Then they changed their stance to, oh, no, we just don't want the colours because it obviously looked like too bad, so sad, you're going to have to do it. But I think all the way through what sort of struck me is that the anti-alcohol lobbyists, the people that are lobbying for this label, um, they have got the emotional argument down pat. Like, you can't argue with that. You put a hor- like a horrible images of, you know, just b- putting babies in anything, you're going to get that. And then we've gone from the alcohol side of things with the financial argument. You just, you're never going to win that. Sorry. You, nobody cares how much it's going to cost you if you see the picture of a baby. Like to, <laughs> we've just come at it the completely the wrong way, I think. Um, so yeah, this was kind of inevitable. Um, and I feel like if we come at it from a different angle, we might have had a bit more traction on that one. But what can you do? It, it's one of those things. I don't think there's anybody in the Australian brewing industry that, if they felt that whatever um, the campaigners for this asked for would actually make a meaningful difference to the behaviours that are causing the problem. Mm-hmm. They would be all for it. Oh, they wouldn't. They'd do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't they? But they would. Yeah. But it was painted that if you were against this logo, um, you were against healthy babies. Yeah. Basically, was the way it was presented. Yeah. And I, I uh, you can't <laughs> argue with that. Can no, you? and I, like my head was exploding on the day of the vote because the <laughs> the ABC particularly was just presenting this completely um, unquestioningly. Um, from the, the the campaigners, and it, it was interesting to see the gloating oh, um, social media so when they, 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 it was so smug, and it was gloating like it was yeah. it was. But then, I mean, even just as we were coming into the studio this morning, and I'll see if I can find it on um, radio, but there was a coalition of twenty anti-alcohol campaigners today. Suddenly, you know, um, have turned their um, campaigning to the huge social problems that have been caused be, as people have self-medicated with alcohol during lockdown and they want more money to um, address <laughs> the problem. Of course um, they do. And, and you're going, well, <laughs> once again, where is the evidence for, for what you're saying? And, and it, it, it just highlights the nature of they are an, an interest group mm-hmm. as opposed to an unaligned 
um, group who see a problem and are dealing with it. They have an agenda that is anti-alcohol. As soon as they achieve one thing, they move on to the next and the next and the next. And that is actually where they get their funding from. The problem will never be solved so long as people drink. And we've seen yeah. the problems when you try and impose um, you know, prohibition that, that you actually magnify the problem as opposed to cure it. And, and uh, make loads of other problems ancillary to the actual original problem mm. which is very irritating and yeah they were and that's the thing though they're always going to come up with the new thing to have a go at because that perpetuates their existence I, d- I wonder if they're going to um, yeah I wonder if they're going to start putting labels on Valium or you know uh, cocaine or mm. things like that because you know there, there are babies that are born you know addicted to drugs mm-hmm. are they going to start campaigning you know for, for, for that um you know, it, it, it's there are complex social forces at play mm-hmm. that a label will not, yeah. in any way, impact. And this was my favorite, one of my favorite lines from the fair. So we put the press releases from the different bodies. So we wanted to not be accused of putting a spin on it. Like this is what everyone said about this Form specific issue. Yeah, yep. Th- we've not put any sort of editorial spin on it whatsoever. Um, but Fair went and put, the de- this decision made today by ministers will improve the health and well-being of Australian families and communities for generations to come. What fucking bullshit. Excuse my French. I it's was pants. <laughs> it's, it's totally <laughs> pants. It's totally pants. Um, yeah, I said that earlier this week and Matt really liked it. So <laughs> British slang for you, everyone. Um, that, what is it? Yeah. That, that's pants. That's it's pants. It's complete pants. Rubbish. Pants. Yeah. For, for those who are playing <laughs> along at home, who, who, are, who are interested, because we, we did find a very interesting <laughs> explanation. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a millennial phrase. It goes back oh. to the uh, sort of 90s. Um, and it, it's a little bit like uh, knickers, indicating contempt or exasperation. Um, but it, yeah, it comes out of English music scene. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll, we will post a link um, because we, we were quite curious about it. But yeah, I'd never even Because can I tell you, coming from a state where mm. um, face coverings have now become mandatory, um, pants certainly mandatory as well. <laughs> so I wouldn't have, Please. I I, I'm so. finding it hard to reconcile that that's pants means that's bad. I would have thought that's pants means, you know, we're onto something here. <laughs> yeah, But I then guess again, so. too, I'm thinking, I'm thinking pants as in, as intrusers or, you know, pantalong. Yeah, because no, pants, pants is American, or, isn't it? Or de la culotte. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Anywho. Anyway. So pants is your pants is your Reg Grundies, isn't that in English? Yeah, yeah. It is, in, yeah. As in England English. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas pants here is any any coverings of the leg. Yeah, like the wear. American version. Like you they say pants and I'm like, do you mean your underwear or do you mean your trousers? Because that is a serious thing that I need to know. The the interesting <laughs> thing <laughs> that I found out as we were researching you know, why pants was suddenly a uh, bad thing was um Quite the, quite newsweek this week. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> We got don't, distracted. Don't you want to know what the French translation for visible panty line is, Pete? <laughs> I was just about to ask. I'm just trying to do it in my head, and particularly, and a shout-out to Josh Grable um, over in France, who <laughs> commented course. this week very kindly that he, he loves listening to Aussie accents, and we're going to throw some French at him. Uh, well, <laughs> the, he's well annoyed. N- not, not very good French. It's uh, Marc Discrecius de la Culotte, um, <laughs> or Unbecoming Mark of the Knickers. <laughs> Rude. Anyway, so... Uh, but anyway... Fair so that's um, that campaign, yeah. complete pants. Yeah, complete oh. pants. That's the verdict. There we go. Yep. So now, uh, so that's the um, yeah, the pregnancy label decision has been uh, run and done. Presumably, we await um, or wait with bated breath for the next one because presumably, uh, look, this is the whole thing. I guess I get really annoyed about. Don't don't apologise. Don't try to appease the mob because 
the mob by its very nature will can never be appeased so presumably now that they've done this they'll like you said matt they're going to move on to to something else so i assume we can see a push now for new labelling for for beer as well. Well, does that, that advertising is a big thing for them. To, to, to me, that was the the thing that this was all about because they specifically wanted the the the, the, the colours and the labels because it is the start of a campaign for plain uh, packaging. Um, and yep. by getting this, you know, because same as cigarettes, you know, they they want to lump alcohol. In with cigarettes, they want the alcohol industry to look like it's behaving in the same way as um, the tobacco lobby, which was denying that alcohol. There, there is no one in the alcohol industry that doesn't deny that, you know, in extreme or you know, even outside of recommended levels, alcohol can have a whole range of serious, um, you know, health impacts, and yeah. it's something we take on board. But they want to paint because it's easier when you distort your enemy to you know defeat them because mm-hmm. if know, you've made them the villain then obviously public opinion is going to go in your favor we're in an industry that drinks that you know um although all of the evidence is showing that fewer people are drinking and people that are drinking with the exception of a, of a small uh, minority most people are drinking less and fewer mm-hmm. people are drinking so on one hand you'd sort of think they would be celebrating that cultural habits are changing but they want to see alcohol demonized and uh illegal made illegal mm-hmm. um and it you know it, it, it's when you have a, a culture that that drinks and also australians have that you know they hate the wowser um they so you you can't actually attack alcohol itself you can't attack people who drink you need to actually demonize and that's where they found a consider the children there are these babies being born it's alcohol it's the alcohol industry's fault um and wheeling out a whole lot of you know very sad case studies to make us all feel guilty and to apply uh, apply emotional pressure to bolster their argument um because it's a really hard um, case to to argue otherwise um because we, we don't like wowsers and australians love a beer and for those in the uh, the Radio Brews News Facebook group, I would direct you to uh, Paul Balker's very thoughtful and considered comment that he posted, mm. which is, yeah, it's a, it, it is something that we need to address. But realistically, if a pregnant woman is standing in Uncle Dan's with a can of beer in her hand <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you've got to then hope, but at, at that point, you, her decision's probably already made. Let, yeah, let's be fair. too late, yeah. yeah. Just a shout out to the to the Facebook group. Um, you know, again, a couple of the stories we're talking about today. This podcast is much bigger than the Facebook group, but the Facebook group is a nice little home for the podcast, um, where things can be discussed and just the, the the level of conversation and the insight and the you know the the, the balanced and the you know not screaming fights. It's a uh, it's not a sewer. So congratulations to everyone that sort of participates in the, uh, dis- the discussions. Really value uh, all of the insights that we get. Well done on your manners. Um, more Australians are cutting back on alcohol. The latest report from the no. Australian Institute of Health and Welfare <laughs> has nice. shown an increase in Australians cutting back on their alcohol consumption. 
the highlight figures show that while alcohol is still the most commonly used drug in Australia in the past 12 months, the number of drinkers who had cut back on alcohol rose from 28% in 2016 to 31% in 2019. While the report period predates the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent shutdowns, the AIHW also said that it funded research in May, which found that 27% of Australians who consume alcohol reported drinking less since the spread of COVID-19, while 20% reported drinking more. This has uh, backed up claims made by a number of lobbyists, which said that while alcohol sales in bottle shops rose, it was not enough to offset the declines in on-premise alcohol sales. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Actually, just a little um, to put the, exclam- mm-hmm. the exclamation point or the you know, full stop at, Underline the of, it. at the end of that one. Um, when this came out just as we were going to air, or we were recording last week, and mm-hmm. Claire yeah, went we off and, and did some research, and uh, one of the groups, in the interest of balance, she emailed a number of different organisations to get their take on the figures. One of them was Fair, and Fair said, we, ch- we, we will not be issuing a comment on this uh, particular <laughs> announcement, because it doesn't fit our narrative. <laughs> so yeah, they, and I think their exact words were... Um, it's nice to know that there's some updated figures out there. Oh, did, they, like, did they say that? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was like the end of the email. And I was like, okay. It's the Australian Institute Good. of Health and Welfare. It's independent. Yep. It's, it's not a, um, a researcher that they... You can't them as being biased or funded by the alcohol But we industry. don't like it, so we're just going yeah. to ignore it. Didn't it didn't work for us, so we'll yep. just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, that's it. Which is really interesting. However, I know we say like that, that we know that... Um, uh, bottle shop sales, they may have rose risen during that period, but as we said at the end of that um, bit from Pete there, it's not enough to offset the declines in on-premise alcohol sales. People don't know that. I've spoken to like numerous academics in the past couple of weeks and they've been like, oh yeah, and then it's obviously sh- talking about completely unrelated things. And then they've been like, oh, well, and obviously people are drinking more during COVID. And I was like, where did you get that from? Where did you get that idea from? And these are like academics. Their whole lives is, lives are about, you know, getting to the bottom of it, researching. They pick up a detail from a headline in the Herald Sun. That's it, yeah. And you just can't help but use that as part of your thinking um, if you don't know any different. And that's why I think that some of the mainstream media have been really crappy about that. Um, They have not questioned it. it. it, it, Yeah, it's a narrative that works for them at the time without thinking about the wider picture. So I'm not into that. But good news on the cutting back on alcohol, which which is nice. Although twenty percent did report drinking more, and it's well, not but some, enough, I mean, some but people are, like that, that's the thing. Like to, to just sort of say that it is this society wide mm. issue. If you're sitting at home, if you enjoy a drink, you know mm-hmm. you, that, that you may be. But it's it's a lot of it anyway. <laughs> there's, there's also research to suggest that people are utilising not having uh, if they're working from home, they're turning their commute time into extra working time. Mm. Rather than oh good, I'm going to get on the beers at four instead of yeah, six. That's it. Yeah, They're yeah, increasing yeah. productivity actually, rather than anything. Also, I read an interesting study um, earlier this week. I think it was on like the New Daily or something, and uh, they were saying that if you're an older person and you drink in moderation, you're sharper intellectually than your um, contemporaries who you are, either... or you just think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit of both, really. <laughs> Depends on the setting. And I sent it to my dad and he loved it. He was like, I knew it all along, everyone. That's the other thing is we we cherry picked the the, the facts of Fidel. Yeah, yeah. The fit our lives and their lifestyles and just to validate ourselves as well. That's the thing. But yeah. It's yeah. quite funny. You can dance better. You're more attractive to women because science. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I know none of those things are true. <laughs> what about when you've had a few? 
No, no, I know, I know, those <laughs> things, right. I know from experience those things aren't true. A realist. I become more right about <laughs> the things that I'm arguing when I've had a few than, I'm, than when I haven't. You do get quite feisty, actually. I, I know I don't. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Do I, Pete? Don't answer <laughs> That's that. That's a terrible thing to argue. Uh, yeah, don't mention the baseball. Anyway, WA Brewers. <laughs> WA Brewers receive four hundred thousand dollars state funding. Three Western Australian brewers have received nearly four hundred grand in government funding to help expand production capabilities. They are Beaten Track Brewery, Kawaramuk Brewing Company, and Rocky Ridge Brewing Company. Um, so, value add agribusiness investment attraction fund. I don't know who came up what with that. Does that spell full. something? It's a government name. No, no it's it's they a, don't even uh, acronymize geez. it. They that, just Leave it It doesn't even spell something. Like, at least make it spell something. <laughs> I know, Dilly I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you oh, didn't have it. to write out the actual department. It's like the Department for Primary Industries and something, something, something. It's really long. Really long. Yeah. yeah very but create a fund called the WA State Government Value Add Agribusiness Investment Attraction doesn't Fund. doesn't matter what it's called. <laughs> the point is that... Just I call thought, it carrot and stick. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that um, governments are actually seeing breweries as being mm. an important part of the value add to agribusiness. Um, which, and you know, so they're getting financial benefits to invest in the businesses mm-hmm. um, to see them expand, which is, I will say, completely the opposite of the Queensland government that, you know had this big glossy brochure a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And, uh, hey, Pete, apparently um, the TAFE training and the Science Centre in Queensland were launched this week, but you wouldn't know it because no one was invited. <laughs> oh, I, I, I understand. How was, how, was the, how was the big launch? What, what launch? How did you know there was a launch? Well, you, you, you just said it was yeah. launched. No. I just heard it from you. I, I, yeah, I, exactly. I just heard it. Somebody Bruce sent me an week. email. Yeah, somebody sent me an email. And goes, oh, I thought you might have been at the launch this week. I went... Launch? What are you talking? What launch? And you know, texted the David Kitchen, who's the Queensland rep of the IBA. He wasn't invited, so there's this. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? However, what was interesting about the WA funding? Um, that was really sly. They were like, "We're just going to give the money, and we're not going to tell anyone about it," which weirdly made them more endearing to me as a government. <laughs> I was like, you aren't was, showing was that, off about it. Either that or they were pork barrelling certain electorates, <laughs> which is the other reason why governments, governments always tell you about something unless they don't want you to know about something. Well, yeah, that's true. That, that's the other Did thing. they not want to upset the 120 other WA breweries that didn't get uh, funding? Perhaps. Was a whiteboard involved? Probably. Um, and I spoke to all three of the breweries and they were all epic I love them so much Beaten Track Brewery is in South Boulder and I had to Google where that was and it's literally in the middle of like nowhere and I looked at pictures of it and my mum used to tell me about growing up in regional New South Wales like massive like six carriage highway and stuff like that in the middle like saloon style bars and stuff on either side and this was this looks exactly like it that's everything I ever dreamed of in like an Australian outback uh, town and uh, it was just really cool that they'd seen the um, benefits of investing in a local business they, the guys there, they get their malt from WA and, um, you know, they're really into the, supporting their local community, which has supported them in turn during COVID, uh, which was a really nice, just a lovely little story. And I just needed a bit of positivity in my life for this one. So thanks, guys. Excellent. Well, this next one's going to burst your balloon just a little <laughs> bit because 
The blokes went camping and the girls went invited. Great Northern launches The Great Return. Great Northern Brewing Co. has launched a campaign aimed at showcasing Australia's favourite camping, hiking, fishing and outdoor locations to help kickstart the return of tourism. My best mate's been overseas for two years and he's finally come home. When COVID hit, I lost my three jobs and then with the baby on the way, it just created this massive sense of, oh boy. In these difficult times, he doesn't have work. I don't have work. And I think it's the perfect time for both of us to get out there and get back to nature. So they've joined forces with CamperMate, which is a, a travel app, uh, to create the Great Return campaign, encouraging people to get back out and explore their regions. Um, yes. What did we think, guys? Because there was certainly a lot of, um, and again, I, I, well, well done to the Facebook group, a fair bit of discussion on this one. Well, look, I, and, and I'll be completely honest, this landed, uh, you know, and it, it's, it, it's a legitimate story. We know, you know, to, to anyone that wonders why we put stories about Forex, Dry Lager or Great Northern out, um, Brews News isn't craft Brews News. It's not, you know, we, we are obviously... Independent Brews News or... Independent, yeah, we, we are beer news. And, you know, obviously a lot of the most interesting stuff that's happening in the industry is at the smaller craft end of, of the business. But when you look at the... Beer consumption figures only you know ten percent of the, the beer consumed in Australia is craft. So that means that there is ninety percent of the uh, Australian beer drinking world that wants to know the rest of the news. So we cover all of the news. And this was an interesting um, story. It was a it, it, for a whole lot of things apart from the beer. Um, you know, with, with the parts of the country going back into lockdown, beer was the least interesting sell, thing about. Yeah, well, it, it's got nothing. But that's the, the thing with but mainstream there's a, beer. A fair bit of money thrown at this. Uh, knowing a little bit yep. as I do, only a little bit about um, video production. This has got some fairly high production values and mm. would have cost a bit. Like a little bit of trouble. Yep, all, yeah. all of that, and it wasn't just sort of bung together overnight. Um, and so, so, but it came across the desk, looked at it, watched the um, execution just to see what the the, the narrative was. And straight away, like I'm just sort of going, Claire, what do you think of this? <laughs> and we both uh, went, oh, because really? Because you, you, you watch it and you've got these, two, yeah, you know, this mates of telling this sob story about how, yeah. um, you know, he lost his jobs, <laughs> his three jobs, pregnant wife, bugger it, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> um, and, you know, <laughs> what, 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 what's, and, and it, it's just that radar that you get when you sort of work in the news, trying to sort of work out, is this something that's going to, uh, and it, it's not a perfect thing because I remember when Coopers came out with their – well, sorry, Coopers didn't. There was a media release released by the Bible Society saying oh, that yeah. they were sponsoring. And I and James Atkinson sort of said, mate, what do you think of this? And I said, what, what's wrong with it? You know, it's just, mm. Yeah, it's not, not interesting. Next thing, boom. And so <laughs> it just blew up. It's an it? imperfect little radar that, that <laughs> yeah, you have. And I, but I saw this and I thought in, in, in the climate, you know, there's so much about beer inclusivity going on in the world, you know, that, you know, we, we put it up without comment because we didn't want to be the, you know, we, we don't want to be the arbiters of yeah. what is socially acceptable. It's a beer article. And we just have sat back and interesting. But then I posted it in, in our Facebook group because that's a nice, it, it's, it's a, you know, I won't use the word safe space, but it, 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 it is a space where you can put these things and get a range and people feel confident in expressing a range of views respectfully. And it was fascinating to see because I sort of thought, you know, it's really interesting that these two blokes, you know, he's lost his jobs, mm. he's 
got a pregnant missus, mm. and yet, you know, I think the, the, the words were, it's the perfect time. <laughs> to sort of the absolute number one time. Perfect Couldn't time. Couldn't have picked yeah. any Couldn't other have picked time. a better time to sort of go fishing with my mate. Yeah. And But then the, the range of perspectives that came in, mm-hmm. that, you know, like, I'm left thinking, well, you know, so, you, you know what? From a brand perspective, it might be saying some things, but, you know, Ultimately, mm. it's between this mate and his wife what he does, yeah. and it's no, no one else's. Uh, <sighs> yeah, but, but Claire, you you disagree. I hate yep. this advert on so many levels; it's unbelievable. So, first of all, hate it when big, massive corporations try and use emotion in their advertising. Like, you just want to make money out of us. Stop trying to play like like you give a shit about what's going on in the world right now. You're just trying to figure out how do you circumvent everything and try and give people a reason to buy your product. That is what you're doing. It's what Pepsi did with Kendall Jenner. They do it all the time, and I despise it. Nike did it with Kellen Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't pretend. It's cynical. You care about what you're telling us you care about. Yeah, exactly. And I I care about green. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Pete. I was just furious about it. Then the pregnant wife thing was annoying. But again, as I know that. I I know that Liam's not going on a skateboarding trip with his mate. Claire's partner, Liam. Absolutely not. He's not even allowed to drink. If I get up the duff, Liam will not be drinking for nine months either. That's just how it's Sympathy. Yeah, exactly. Not in front of you, he won't. <laughs> um, but listen, here, well, here, let me throw this one, this cat amongst the pigeons then. if mm-hmm. do, Should he wait until he's had the baby? Because the whole thing is once you are a father and you actually have the baby in the house with you mm-hmm. rather than in the incubator, it's much harder to get out. So Yeah, that's true. And if why, you ditched we your well, 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 no, one, would that and, be yeah, like, I, like, I don't want to sort of... And, the thing, and he's of... not Forrest Gumping. He's not just going to, you know... Leg it and not come back. <laughs> Well, the comment yeah. to that, Pete, that that I've had raised is, so he gets her pregnant, she needs to sit at home and cook the baby, you know, so she needs yep. to sit at home and just gestate. Which you can't have a break from, can I just yeah, say? Because you can't have a break. Yeah, You're like, doing that all the time. Incidentally. And there's very little a bloke can do... At, I at, think at that point. Oh, no, 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 I appreciate that. But there's, yeah, the ice cream. supporting your partner um, yeah. is, I, 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 this is, just, I'm just relaying comments that some people who, I'll buy, um, I'll buy you a foot spa and I'll fill the freezer with okay. ice cream. Well, I, I will buy you, I will buy you a computer fishing game. I'll buy you a computer fishing game or I'll buy you a faster internet connection so you and your mate can have uh, beers remotely <laughs> while you stay here and uh, support well, me because, because we're in this together sport. I would have wanted to come on that trip, if even if I was up the duff. I'd have been like, why are you ditching me? I bet, and, and that was the other interesting thing, because I sort of started thinking, well, you know, couldn't they have just sort of inclu- you know, why include that detail? And yeah. we'll, we'll get to a, an interesting take on that. Yeah. Um, why include that detail when it's not really necessary to moving the story forward? Yeah. Um, that you're leaving your pregnant it wife. literally didn't need that. At and all, I sort of thought, well, why didn't they just sort of take it? Because we've seen over the last few years media releases from Great Northern um, where partners have been you know there's been two blokes and the, the, the girlfriend one of their mm-hmm. girlfriends presumably um in, in in the canoe and you know they had a female photographer and there was a big media release about the inclusivity of the brand and then last father's day there was a really lovely um father's day um execution where it was the former principal ballet dance male ballet dancer for the um, Australian ballet mm-hmm. and his dad had just recovered from cancer and so the celebration that he'd gotten the all clear was that they um, went um, fishing but the the narrative was this very lovely 
soft, gentle um, father-son bond that included lots of physical, you know, all of the things you never traditionally saw in modern, uh, in, in earlier concepts of um, masculinity were included. And so you, you, you've seen the brand mm-hmm. starting to move towards the thing. I thought, well, why didn't they just include the, 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 the partners on this trip? Then I suddenly realised that, well, no, because then they would have been absolutely slated for pregnant drinking while pregnant. You know, uh, you've got a pregnant woman appearing in a beer commercial. They've got non-alcoholic products. Bring that in. Well, then, uh, I, I can guarantee you that would have been an even uh, bigger. So, yeah, so true. like in some, and so the the, the hot take of the um of, of the thing was uh, Daniel Red, who uh, will will we'll link to his post. He's already posted in the in in, in the um, Facebook group that you know, Pete, you and I have talked about the old Gruen um, transfer dissection of beer ads, where you the can't rule of four. Yeah, you can't have one bloke in it because beer ads have to have the rule of four. He, he's an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, one bloke in a commercial is an alcoholic. You can't have two blokes because you might start questioning their relationship. Three just doesn't work, and so it's always got to be four. And so, like, an interesting take was, you know, maybe they had to specify that these blokes were both married, and you know, one was. Uh, mates, ex- expecting than, yeah, their yeah. mates, so there was not because there were only two blokes, which breaks <laughs> a lot of the um, conventions about uh, you know, beer commercials. What I thought was more interesting was the and somebody made the point on the Facebook group about them having the guy had three jobs, but then he had a seventy k land <laughs> 70, cruiser, how, and how he could he just take a couple of that? weeks off, not looking for a job or anything. Like, are you rich or are you not rich? And if you're rich, then are you going to be drinking Great Northern? No offence. It's a very nuanced commercial. It's It's got a lot going on. Yeah, it's a, there's a, a <laughs> lot of discussion it, about or it. Or is it? Um, but I think, okay. I think Go on then, we're, Pete. We're looking for a lot of stuff that's not there. Oh, we're writing okay. a lot of stuff right, in enough. between a lot of lines. But, but funny enough, that, that's not a 70. He could have bought that second hand. Yeah, but, but, but that's... Um, Might be a 20 grand shitter. But, 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 but Pete, as you know, like we, when you do commercials, you need to like that, that's why commercials are so tend to be so stereotyped and so broad brush. And you know, like if you've done a lot of filming in um, a, a brewery, and even if there is no functioning equipment in the brewery, you need to make sure that everyone has the complete workplace health and safety stuff, even though they're not actually because you need to present. Oh, and it's an absolute pain in the ass too to, to try to record sound when you've got um, or you know avoid reflection and that sort of thing. But people have got to have safety glasses, safety people have glasses got to have IVS vests, and you've got to adjust all of your levels to to incorporate that sort of stuff. Like you say, even if you're outside the brewery or you know there's there's not a, a drop of beer actually running through the the machine. And that's and and, and that's the thing. So like even though it's and not I, necessary, yeah. um, you still have to represent. What that, that that brewery stands for safety and 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 that's why like I I, I agree with you that you know on one level we're, we're reading a lot into it but there are all of these you know like signals that are being that uh, that, that you yeah you, you've you only got the short time frame in which to fit stuff in and what they've chosen to put in is what's interesting and I, and I will ask Pete you know because like you I, I I hope you don't mind me saying this but I get the feeling that the latest lockdown in Melbourne you know is you know is is hard on you personally. Um, that suddenly you see a um, commercial like this celebrating, you know, just disappearing and going on a road trip. You know, is is that a little bit tone deaf for, for the experience that some people are facing at the moment? No, no, no. That's reading way more into it as well. I think you, between you and Trev Burks, you've summed it up perfectly with your opening about ninety percent of the beer drinking public. 
And and Trev Burke summed it up in three letters, Matt. BCF. <laughs> that, that, that's that's who this thing's aimed at. Yep. Yeah, true. Yep. It's we're, we're, it's a travel app called CamperMate. <laughs> it's, it's really it's, good, it's, actually, CamperMate. Yeah. Recommend. They go, I'd never heard of it, so and I've now heard of it. But I look at it as that's who that's the choir they're singing to. Yeah, and, yeah. and but funnily enough, it, having to, and to it probably that... ticks every single box because this would have also gone through fourteen focus groups and legal and marketing yeah. and and everyone else and said, yeah, is this going to sell more Great Northern? It probably is. Yeah, well, the only thing I'll say about that is in, in, in is, a time is the way that they've been permissioning the the, the 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 way they've been positioning the brand over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. This seems to be a little bit different to that. But that aside. Um, mate, I'm, I am 100% on, on, on your side. This is one of these things that sometimes I think you might be personally upset about the portrayal of something in a commercial, but this wasn't an ad that was saying a woman's place begins in the home, I don't think. Um, I, I, I think that uh, no. Claire, Claire disagrees. But if you don't like it, don't drink it. You know, Don't buy it. You know. All right, job done. Yeah. Don't need to worry about that then. <laughs> All right, we do need to wrap this up just a little bit. Um, now, speaking of the 10%, uh, brewers, particularly independent brewers, uh, readapt to different short-term futures. So some brewers ease out of lockdown restrictions and adapt to the new normal. Others in COVID hotspots are doubling down, armed with the learnings from the first COVID-19 shutdown. Melbourne's Brewmanity announced last week that it would be shutting down its online store, which they launched during the first lockdown, so that they can focus on on-premise customers, which is a good thing. Yeah, it was, an interesting, it was an interesting one because I think everyone's decisions, you make them for your own reasons and everyone is different. You can't just say, oh, we should do it this way and that's right. End of story. Um, and they have decided, Brumanity have decided, um, you know, they, they don't really need um, that side of things. They don't need the online store during this period. Um, but David Neitz, am I saying that right? Um, yeah, he's a lovely chap and he was just like, look, we'll probably bring it back when we, like the end of COVID, but he says, we don't need it right now. It wasn't like a massive deal for us the first time around. Um, and if it helps our, um, on-premise customers, like the venues and stuff that doing it hard in Melbourne, uh, then, you know, why not just sack it off? But I think it's, you know, again, I don't want to be too cynical and I don't don't want to criticize anybody and it's, it's, it's the natural reaction that we all do, but, you know, we are seeing a number of breweries at the moment that, you know, when COVID hit, they trialled an online shop to see, you know, how it would go, you know, um, giving them a like a, a fallback position and those sorts of things. A number of them are jettisoning that. But it's the ones that have found that, well, it's not their, you know, it, it, it's a very small part of their business anyway. Mm. Um, and so it's not really hurting them. They're, they're not making <laughs> it, you know, it, it's, it's not kind of like, oh, we've got this major income stream, but should we look after our partners? Yeah, it's but it's, it might be a little bit of an income stream, but you can't turn your nose No, it is. That. And so they're, so they're making up for that by sort of saying, yeah, yeah. we're respecting our you know, retail partners. We, we really feel their pain. So we're, we, we, we're going to stop selling online, um, you know, for them. For, for, for them. It's not, you know... <laughs> <laughs> this will hurt us a lot more than it hurts them, kind of thing. But, you know, when, you know, yeah, sure, spin it that way. But mm-hmm. if it was a big thing, you know, it, it comes back to if it was a big thing, you'd still be doing it. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because then we also spoke to Black Ops, who had an app when uh, during COVID to do deliveries. And they've said, right, well, it only worked for us for limited releases. So actually, I think what we can take from COVID is that 
people have become much more in tune with what their customers want but that, I mean, and that, how to adapt. That, to that in itself is a good example. And again, like not criticising because they're running a business and they've got a lot of investment and those sorts of things. But I mean, even that attitude, well, we won't do it for our mainstream beers that you can get everywhere, but we'll do it for the limited releases, which incidentally are the ones that the independent bottle shops typically want as well because it gives people a reason to go to their bottle shops yeah. as well. And they go, well, we'll do the limited releases ourselves. Um, as you know, and So we'll compete against our customers. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is what Black Hops are doing, but... Generally. But, but generally, like, yeah. So you would have thought that if, if, if you're going to be logic, logical about, you know, we're supporting our retail partners, you would give them the highly desirable ones more than the, the ones you can get everywhere. Hot take. <laughs> Hashtag hot tag. <laughs> uh, don't don't email don't email producer at Bruce News. Yeah, email Matt at News dot com dot au if you want to um, <laughs> take me up on that. I yeah, don't subject other people <laughs> having to read the uh, for that of a hot take. Anyway, Pete, a great ma- a mailbag this week, Pete. Uh, there is, um, but before we jump into the mailbag, uh, we should remind all our listeners that all letter writers will receive a Deb Blue Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. Um, and you can also review us on iTunes and all that sort of stuff, uh, share the love. If you like it, then uh, it can help other people find us. You can also join our Facebook group, which we have mentioned quite a bit in this episode, uh, just almost as much as we've mentioned pants um <laughs> so to join our facebook group just search radio brews news and use the password soap box claire give us some good news okay i'll start that from the top shall i uh aaron gladkey in the facebook group um first beer and oh yeah this one yeah uh first beer in <laughs> five oh, this was so nice to read first beer in five and a half months having found out today i'm cancer free boom you can see I'm out of practice with my paw. <laughs> he did have a funny picture. A bit like, There's a lot of head. Yeah, 90%. He, he could have been pouring Duval for all I care. Oh, well, yeah, there we go. Either way, we well, don't care. It's probably also been five this months awesome. since he's had to clean his beer glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to all the Radio Brews News crew and family for well wishes and support through the journey. Two pieces of advice. Firstly, don't get cancer. That's a top one. Uh, it's shit. <laughs> Secondly, live your life. It's pants. It, it is pants. I was only that supposed to have one swear with this. I've sworn a lot. Uh, secondly, live your life no matter what fair anyone else thinks. Cheers. Thank yeah, you, Aaron. That was, that was awesome. that, um, on a pretty rough day. Uh, that was a, 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 a real ray of sunshine. So uh, very exciting news from Aaron. Beautiful. And, uh, Yep. Um, now I've contacted uh, Aaron because I've been keeping in, in touch with him uh, via email and just sort of got the okay to sort of, um, as I say, to, to mention the news and all that sort of thing. And uh, he was happy enough to share it in the in the Facebook group, so it's sort of public anyway. But I also wanted to know, you know, sort of give us a bit of an idea of, you know, what he's got ahead. So whilst he's he's been given the, the all clear at this point, um, I'll just go quickly through the email that he gave me. Um, yeah, follow up consists of having a camera shoved up my nose and down my throat every three months for the next two years, which is like having 20 COVID tests all at once, followed by a doctor <laughs> sticking Harpy's arm down your throat to feel for things that shouldn't be there. Uh, <laughs> uh, he feels the need to follow that up with, it's not fun and I don't recommend it. And remember, <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, please wash your hands, doctor. Um, and, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're wearing gloves when you go in, just make sure you're still wearing them when you're 
when they come out. <laughs> After two years, that stretches out to six months and then longer out to 10 years. So the prognosis is that he has a maybe one in 20 chance of it coming back in the next two years and the odds reduce after that until out until 10 years, at which point they consider it gone forever. Um, so advice from his oncologist is to live life, drink beer and try to forget that this ever happened. <laughs> Not as easy as it sounds. I have 155 beers in my fridge to get through and that will be done slowly and contemplatively. So there we go. And uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, so I, I just asked uh, permission from Aaron to, um, to to put a little bit of, of you know, oh, good, I'm cancer free. What's the what's the prognosis sort of going forward? So because I say we, we followed along and he did. I just pointed to read the last little bit and see if I can do it without tearing up. Um, thanks for your support throughout my journey. Uh, you mightn't think a hello or a comment or things like that mean much, but when you're going through hell, every little kindness is another stick you add to the life raft that's barely keeping you afloat. You guys certainly contributed to mine, and I'm forever grateful. So I thought that was lovely. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So we'll 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 keep follow, sort of following up, and um, I'm sure once the uh, restrictions, are, lockdown uh, restrictions, are lifted in Melbourne, um, we'll find 155, 154 other listeners who are in the area who can go down and help. Aaron empty his fridge <laughs> in one session and then um, a few brewers who can help him restock it. He did point out, though, that, uh, yeah, that one of the, the downsides at the moment is, and interestingly, Saison's taste, he can taste them okay, but other beers, uh, he, he, it's going to take him a little while to, he'll never recover the full uh, sense of taste, but uh, at, at the moment, there's some, some beer that just doesn't taste pleasant at all. Ah, interesting. I didn't even so think that's, yeah, about all, that. So that's, yeah, all part of the all part of the journey for Aaron. Oh, so I'll send him a card to Great Northern. He won't taste the difference. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right now I have very limited taste. Most food tastes like bitter cardboard, which is good for weight loss, but don't recommend the diet. And one of the two beers I've had since I got my news tasted like soda water. The other one, a farmhouse ale, tasted fine. Oh. I should recover my taste over the next year or so, but it will never be what it was. So regardless, it's better than being dead, <laughs> but there's a lot of healing to go <laughs> physically and psychologically before I can say that with 100% conviction. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so we do wish him all the best. Um, another one, uh, email from Grant McCarran. Grant also, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that he's made a little donation um, to, to the coffers this week, which was oh, very much appreciated, just a, you know, as, a, as, a, as a sign of thanks. Um, my local you, BWS started having the occasional slab of crankshaft stomping ground Gipps Street, and th- th- this is apropos our discussion last week about BWSs and mm-hmm. um, things like that. Where some Whether people, we should yeah. list independent beers should be in bottle shop, yep. major bottle yep. shops, yeah. And KG Crush. So I started selecting one of those slabs to buy if they had them there when I went in. It seems I'm not the only one uh, doing this, as they now regularly have one or all three of those brands in slabs, as well as six packs in the fridge. Huzzah! <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm ordering individual samples or four packs of special beers online from local independent bottle shops in Melbourne, such as Purvis, A Point of Difference, and Fizz and Hop. So I figure I'm helping independent craft brewers and independent bottle shops. Who knew? Of course, now I have to do more regular and longer workouts in my home gym to balance out uh, the beers uh, I'm having as part of my one new craft beer experience daily ISO project. <laughs> Um, thanks for the show. Your efforts are very much appreciated, and your support is very much greatly appreciated as well. And your and your insight. So, yeah. And just a, just a quick bit of advice there, Grant. Just to, depending on you know, in this age of uh, identifying as whoever you want, just make sure you're not pregnant before you do <laughs> go drinking. And you can yeah, check on the label because there'll be a big ass label now. <laughs> cool. Uh, Matt, do you want to finish us off with the email from Ross McLean? Hey, Bruce News Maybe Crew. Maybe not all because it's fairly long. Yeah. Yep. Uh, been listening to the show for a while after stumbling stumbling onto it. 
our favourite sort of listener. <laughs> you, you couldn't advertise this. Um, <laughs> Accidental. I had been listening to a running podcast that made many mentions about beer and thought maybe I should see if there's a podcast about beer. And you've well, stumbled into a podcast is. about beer and running. There is. Well, I've enjo- uh, listened to a few different beer podcasts. Your show is on my regular playlist as I enjoy hearing the weekly news being discussed as well as the depth chats with the industry players, particularly the last couple that have uh, been local to me. And you were right, Pete, the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne really are improving. And Pete, thank you very much for that. They've been great podcasts. As I said, mm. I, I've, I've, even when I love the chats, I find it hard listening back um, to them because I have to hear myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love listening to uh, so Pete's podcast. <laughs> Um, following on from this week's discussion, I thought I would provide my thoughts on the price of independent beer as a consumer. Over the last couple of weeks, I haven't shown much in the way of brand loyalty as I was always looking to try the latest and greatest beer, so I was purchasing singles, four and six packs, and price wasn't really a concern. Since COVID has arrived, though, my work slowed up and then came the pay cut. Things had to change, and my beer buying was one of them. While I still try and support the independent breweries, price is now a major factor for my purchase. The Rover brand by Hawkers has been my go-to lately as they still allow me to support independent but their pricing is more suitable to my current budget. I can understand the issues independent brewers have in producing a beer in this price range against the majors and it's probably not a highly profitable, if profitable at all, area. But if there is a few uh, that, can, then ca- that can, it always gives the consumers another choice. Um, I hope that I can con- at least continue to support independent now, that when things improve, they'll be there and I can start spending more freely. So drafting this email and going shopping on Saturday afternoon, I found that Aldi was selling cases of Brick Lane base lager for $45. How does this work? Because whenever I've seen it in the retails for around the $65 mark, is this just a bulk deal done by Aldi uh, to try and open a new market? We might have to find that out. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, really interesting thing. And you know, I, I, it, it's one of the things that, you know, as we do come into Indie Beer Day, that will be probably, how are you celebrating an Indie Beer Day, Pete? Raising an Indie Beer? Uh, yeah, well, that's all I have in my fridge anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, I do it. 365 day. days a year, Matt. Okay. It's kind of like me getting out of – I've never, ever bought Mrs. Pilsner a Valentine's Day gift because the very first year we went out, I said, but I love you all year round. I don't need one <laughs> oh, day. That's so a good one. You yeah. just surprised me with random acts of so, uh, love. So for me, every day is Indie Beer Day. <laughs> that's – yep. And uh, But, yeah, it, 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 it is one of those interesting things. I don't think that you can ever escape that, you know, it's a it, – craft beer is inherently a luxury good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not everyone can afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I will be looking out for, um, you know, turning the can around to see if the indie beer label um, oh, yeah, the is on there. And then I also, I also look to see whether or not that uh, label has been produced by our good friends at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, which we just snuck in and I almost forgot about it. You <laughs> <laughs> can't forget Rowling's. So we just pop it in wherever <laughs> it you know, so yeah, the, yeah, the team at Rellings will walk you through the various options available to you. Um, they have some very sustainable stuff. Why is it more sustainable? Because science. Um, whilst they do produce self-adhesive labels, for many breweries, there is a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you are currently doing by utilising pre-sleeve cans. Give the guys a call on 1300 852 235 to find out more. Anyway, so uh, thank you very much to Crime Alt for making all of this possible, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and to our friends at Beer Cartel, and to all of you. Uh, Matt, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Pete. Thank you, Claire. Thank you very much. And, Claire, thanks uh, for joining us. Yeah, no, it's, it's stay safe and well. In uh, you're thinking of all of our, you know, Melbourne uh, and, and Sydney listeners, um, and uh, you're hoping things uh, improve very, very soon. Yeah, well, they can't get a lot worse, so it's all good. You know, it's it, it is what it is, and uh, it, feel for the um, 
the venues that had sort of just geared up to opening up again and, and they're sort of in a little bit of limbo now. So our thoughts go out, out to them. I noticed that our very good friends at the local tap house have made the call that this time around they're just uh, going to uh, close the doors um, for the foreseeable future. Um, just not feasible to do their, their takeaways and limited bottle shop releases and um, growler fills and, and that sort of thing. So they're just going to sort of uh, take the time to, to sit back and, and review what they are doing and what they what they can do, but um, they are still doing online virtual ale stars, which we had uh, this week again with um, Little Bang. It was a little bit too much for some. Um, a few people nodded off, uh, which <laughs> we, when you're on a, a multi-panel Zoom, <laughs> you can't really hide. <laughs> and uh, particularly when it's the when it's the host, it's just that little bit more obvious. Oh, did, did the host so, fall asleep? Yeah, poor old Shandy, just got a bit too much. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, um, thanks for your thoughts, Matt, and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, drink fresh, drink local, and wash your damn hands, and we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. Boom. Boom. <laughs> it's That's pants. <laughs> Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener, And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover, because beer is a conversation. (laughs) 